This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. of Press Pass, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Kayla Anderson, alongside my co-host Joshua Perry, and we've gotten off to an interesting start. Sometimes I just wish you all could be like a fly on the wall watching us before these podcasts. <laughs> you you <laughs> would think it wouldn't be so hard, too, but I mean, here we are. Here we are on a, a early Monday morning, and it is what, like we say every week, the same old, same old. Um, I will ask, and I haven't gotten into it yet because I had to work last night and I actually went into the studio for the first time in a month, but did you see the last dance, the first part? Um, did not watch it. I, uh, no, you didn't either. no I, I decided to just record it and watch it at a later. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I was in bed at nine, so just oh, wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You. yeah. Nine o'clock. Yeah. There's nothing else to do. I know. No, it's true. I mean, that is one thing that I have been better at is catching up on sleep because I'm working from home, so I'm not getting home as late. So that means that I can kind of hit the hay a little bit sooner. So I know I'm like, I'm getting old too, for sure. Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it at a, another date because I was on Twitter last night and I'm not joking. There was not one thing that wasn't the last dance related on my timeline for those two straight hours. It was crazy. Yeah, I um I went on Instagram this morning and I had like three or four people on their Instagram stories posting photos wearing Jordans with the TV on in the background. And like, <laughs> oh man, all of y'all are really creative. Like same photo four times. But right. Yeah, this was probably in in a lot of it is Michael Jordan. Like it would have been this hype if it wasn't for the coronavirus, but like there's so much hype around this, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And well, and if you were ESPN, I guess, you know, they did what they knew they had to do yeah. at home, right? Because I will say, look, I, I like I like Jordan. I I obviously watched him growing up, but at the same time, I'm like, this thing was so pubbed, and oh, yeah. just everybody, I think, just wanted to feel like they were a part of something, which is fine, which is fine, considering the fact that we're all just 
kind of, you know, wanting some form of communication. Um, so that'll be interesting when I do watch it. I will, I will catch up with it this week. Well, let's jump into some college football because it is a really big week. And speaking of things to look forward to, I think for the first time in over a month, we're going to actually see a live sporting event. No, not an actual, you know, action filled one with, with guys on the field playing, but the NFL draft is happening starting on Thursday with round one. First of all, are you excited, Joshua, to have actually something to watch that's live? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited, honestly. This is definitely going to be a, a kind of a, a break in the routine for me to have some like live content that I'm really looking forward yeah. to. And then the other thing, too, is um, I'll be working a little bit. We're doing a nice. like a YouTube live type situation uh, with the local radio station here. And we're trying to get all of our radio talent involved, which is really cool. But it's going to be like the whole first round of the draft. Um, just a bunch of guys hopping on and off of the YouTube live kind of talking about what's going on. So very excited about that. But I'm also really interested to see how this thing shakes out. Yeah, I, I mean, I will tell you one thing we have done. We have been doing draft prep for probably the last three weeks. We have the draft on our station we're an ABC station here. Um, and so we're doing a couple specials. One of our specials was on Sunday night. We have another one coming up on Thursday. So we've talked with a lot of obviously draft prospects this past week. Um, and I spoke with um, Trey Wingo as well from ESPN, who does the broadcast and we'll be doing it this weekend. But I want to start with, before I get to that, I want to start with you, you know, being a former player in the NFL and going through the experience of preparing for the draft. I mean, what is on the minds of these players this week? Are there nerves? I mean, what is it like as a player? Take me inside that, you know, feeling. There, there are probably more nerves right now than <laughs> um, anybody has ever had just because of all the uncertainty of what's going on in the world and all the uncertainty of not being able to work out at pro day and not being able to do the visits and everything else. But these guys are obviously excited too. Like if you're a guy who is a top 50 uh, type player, then you're going to be super excited because you know your name's going to be called within the first two rounds of the draft. You know you're getting a, a huge payday. It's going to be life-changing for you and your family. You know, the guys at the end of the draft or the guys that might be undrafted this weekend could be a ton of anxiety. It could be um, a letdown for some of these players as well who felt like they had a little bit more to prove and didn't have an opportunity to do so. Um, so this will probably be one of the most unique draft weekends. Um, my experience was very low-key. Um, it was just me, my mom and dad, um, my younger brother at the house watching the draft together. You know, we watched the the first two days. I thought I was going to be um, probably uh, third round, fourth round guy ended up going in the fourth. So I had to wait for the third day to come on, which was a little bit disappointing. Right. But once that happened, we popped some champagne. Uh, we, <laughs> we had some people over, you know, we ate cake, kind of did the party yeah. thing, which is something that these guys probably should not do um, is have a party. But um, in saying that, it's it's going to be um, a life-changing weekend for many, many players and the start of a new chapter. Yeah, and you brought up a good point about the celebration. So that's the first point that I'll talk to you about when I spoke to Trey Wingo. So I asked him, I said, 
you know, obviously this is going to be a lot different for some of these players that you're featuring. And, and he did tell me that ESPN is featuring a lot of players. So they're in the homes of a lot of guys, whether that be Skype or having set up their own cameras. And he said, but it is going to be different. I mean, these players have pretty much been told this is what you can have in terms of people in your house. So, I mean, we're talking the close family members and that's about it. And whether or not some of these guys get creative and have some of their other extended family on Zoom calls at the same time, who knows? I mean, it just depends on the player and what they want to do. So we're not going to be looking at, you know, these big celebrations um, inside their homes, at least, you know, what we're seeing on on national television. Um, So he brought up that, which I thought was an interesting point. But then I wanted to ask you. Because, you know, every player has their own personality. So I think we are going to see a couple guys do it in their own ways. But, you know, I always look forward to kind of the fashion part of it, too, and what they walk out on um, with, you know, in terms of the first rounders. And sometimes they like to get all jazzed up in their suits and everything. Do you think anyone's going to go out and actually have a suit on and and kind of look like look the part? Or you think they're all going to be like in their sweats and and nikes so let me jump on the uh the first part you said where um you know wingo said that these guys are kind of dictated yeah mandated who they can have around my dad and i had a unique conversation about that because you know like last year dwayne haskins had uh his watch party at a bowling alley yeah and my dad said do you think any of these cats will end up doing something like that and i'm like well you know a lot of these guys are the, the hottest thing from their town or whatever. So I'm sure if they went over to the local bowling alley, asked the guy to open it up, you know, said they were going to host a party, have food and drinks and the whole deal. And that bowling alley's hurting. Of course they would do it. True. But we also mentioned that these guys now being kind of, you know, the, the up and comers in the NFL have a responsibility to do the right thing in this situation um, and demonstrate what social distancing would look like on potentially the biggest day of their life. So Um, I'm kind of glad to hear that they've been instructed on what to do there, uh, because I think that example will go a long way for a lot of people. Now, to get to the fashion part, you know how I am. (laughs) I I knew you'd appreciate it. I love my fashions. So if it were me, I would be dressed to the nines, you know, um, designer suit, you know, red bottom shoes, jewelry, whatever it is. I would be laced just as, as best dressed as I had ever been. I bet you you'll see a couple guys do that. And the majority of the guys um, will probably either be very casual or will be wearing um, branded attire uh, as a sort of a sponsorship one way or another. Look out for that. Can I um, actually speaking of that? I don't know if you heard this, but supposedly the NFL has restricted these prospects from wearing or having a lot of brands on set unless it is a brand that has been approved by the NFL. Really? Have you heard this? So I I heard this um I was watching ESPN I think this past week and it's and it's clearly like something that is like a debate because a lot of these guys aren't even a part of the league yet, right? I mean they're right. not even getting a paycheck yet, but yet they're being told that they have to um, they're specifically told to monitor what they're branding. And so like if you if a guy had like a like a 
Coke product or something, let's say, and the NFL hadn't approved it, or it's not what the NFL, um, you know, is sponsored by, then they're not going to let you show it. And so they were kind of joking, like, well, what if the dad had, you know, something in the background and it wasn't approved? Is he, is the player going to get crap for it? But I just thought that was unbelievable that they were trying to say like, you can't brand things. It's well, now the thing I don't like about that is, um, you know, don't hamper my ability to to make money because y'all are making money. Like y'all are going to make plenty of money off of me one day. So like literally, but um, what, I guess the, the tie into that was um, the year that Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota got drafted. Both of those guys were at home yep. with the cameras in their homes. And both of those guys were wearing um, Beats headphones when they got the call. Yep. And the NFL is a Bose league. Yep. So I'm sure they were feeling some type of way about the the, the, the top two draft yep. picks wearing beats. So in saying that, all of these guys are going to be at home and all of them are going to be getting phone calls. So I think they're trying to avoid a situation yeah. where Beats has Joe Burrow, Chase Young, uh, Isaiah Simmons, even like some of the top guys wearing beats. Now I know Bose already got a hold of Joe Burrow. Um, and they had him doing some some branded content on Instagram. But um, I think they're trying to mitigate – because obviously that's where my mind went first is like let's get these guys some money. I would be trying to brand whatever the hell I could brand just because that's the only way to do it right now. But I think the NFL is trying to protect their sponsors right now in, in a situation where everybody's vulnerable. No, you're you're exactly right. I mean, and that's what they had based it off was they went back to the the draft with Jameis and Mariota, and that was exactly what they were basing it off of. So, I mean, I get parts of it, but I also think it's just incredible that you know they're going to be, and I don't know how much they're going to monitor, you know, little things, but it, it just it's it's interesting because these guys again they are not being paid by the league yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just like what it comes down to when it gets technical. Uh, speaking of technical on the broadcast side of things, I wanted to get to this really quick. I was asking Trey about that as well. Just as a broadcaster, like what it's been like to prepare for the draft um, and what they're expecting, because ESPN is going to be the primary um, carrier now this year. It's usually the NFL draft gets in on it, too, but they're kind of coming together and um, collaborating their talent, but it's all kind of an ESPN broadcast technically. So he said, you know, the prep work hasn't been any different, obviously, because you're doing the same things when you're preparing for, um, you know, what guys are going to go there, your predictions here and there. He's like, but it's going to be when we're on set and we don't know what's going to happen with, you know, them getting in their pick or if there's a technical issue here. Um, He goes, we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants too. And he goes, but that's, you know, that's what's probably going to make this draft the the most unique one ever is because there's just going to be so many things that we might not be prepared for, but we're going to have to, you know, carry on as a broadcast. And and I know there's even been thoughts of, I know if, if something technical happens with one of the team's picks coming in, they're going to pause things, right? Interesting. So they can figure out what to do. Yeah. And so that's, you know, you could be looking at a draft that's going to be a really long draft too, if if that is the case. So uh, this that would be interesting because um, the the time was going to be a question that I always had. Um, yeah. the, the the first round of the draft I feel like is is very long, and it's it you know the teams take their time getting the picks, in, and I'm sure that uh, the production side 
has has told the teams time and time again, you know, take your time, let's draw this thing out. You know, we've got a lot of sponsors, the whole deal. But now it's going to be long for a different reason. I'm curious to see um, how that ends up working out. But um, for my short time being in broadcast, when I was doing local TV work, the the best broadcasts to me were um, always kind of the the post-game broadcast after a big game because, you know, it's very unpredictable. We would try to get a guest on the line. It was really cool that way. And then working with BTN, same thing. Anytime we had sudden change, so, you know, they're doing a remote show and I'm doing backup in the studio and the remote show goes down and we have to hop on. Um, I thought those were always fun. Oh, yeah. The, any of the, the the times where we had to fill, if there was a weather delay, um, if, if, you know, a game was really, really short and we thought it was going to be a lot longer, any of those times to me were the most fun because that's where you get um, the most organic TV. Yeah. And so I think for these guys, even though it's going to be a challenge, um, their broadcast side is going to love it just, you know, from the fact that they're going to be able to, you know, kind of go from the heart and kind of, you know, talk about some different topics and, and really make it an organic show that's not necessarily, you know, 100% draft. They're going to have to, you know, show their personalities off a lot. And that's fun as a broadcaster. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And um, I I come to appreciate that, you know, in my career, we've had a lot of different shows. I mean, we've had shows that are very by the script. We've had a lot of shows that are just like, you know, things go a little bit haywire and you have to ad lib and kind of show your personality more. So it will be, it will be interesting to see, you know, these guys kind of having to do that. Cause you know that there's going to be time that they're going to have to fill. There's going to be things that are going to go wrong. There's probably going to be a lot of laughs, um, which I'm totally, I'm totally up for, but I think it'll be interesting. I'm as much as I think in the beginning, I was a little like not excited for this draft just because we wouldn't get all the hoopla that went with it. And, you know, it being in Vegas and being a spectacle, I'm kind of getting more excited about it just for those other factors. So it, it should be interesting. Okay. Well, listen, we still don't have any live sporting events, no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their casino online to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madam NFL. Um, 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor. You can bet on Big Brother, American Idol stock prices, even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Now they're open 24 hours a day, all online. So you just use that promo code BLUEWIRE to join today. Receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online waging solution. So first round predictions. We have done um, several mock drafts this week with our station. And yesterday we did one on our Sports Extra Daily show, and it turned out pretty good. Um, so I've kind of really gotten to, after all the simulations I've done on um, NFL Mock Draft, I've kind of like seen where these guys are going, where the predictions are saying. So it's mostly the same guys that are, you know, in this first round that are going. First of all, any surprises that you think are going to happen with this first round yep this is this is a surprise is i feel like um you know mock drafts are um you know more fun than anything else you know it's it's really hard to predict what these teams are going to do um yeah and and you can get pretty good at understanding where teams want to go what position they want to draft etc etc um this year throw away everybody's mock draft 
I think that this first round is going to be all over the place. And for two reasons is yeah. number one, the, the, the analysts who do the mock drafts haven't had the same access to uh, the players that they would typically have. And they haven't had the same access to NFL front office personnel. So, you know, their, their opinions are probably going to be more of their opinions than anything that they might have been able to pick up anywhere else. Number two, um, NFL teams a lot of times go to these, you know, pro days and everything else, and they kind of come to consensus on guys. You, you, you'll see the scout from the Titans talking to the scout from the Patriots and, you know, the scout from the Chargers talking to the guy from the Seahawks. And a lot of times, you know, they're, they're formulating their opinions on players together. That hasn't happened this year. So, you know, one guy might have a late first-round grade on a player, and another team might have a third-round grade on the same guy, and they haven't been able to confer and kind of compare and contrast notes and really come to consensus that, you know, the, the guy might be, you know, a, a, an early second-round pick. So the first-round grade was wrong and the third-round grade was wrong, and it's somewhere in the middle. So in saying all that, I think there'll be surprises everywhere. I'm very curious to see where the first small school guy kind of comes into the fold because there's usually one or two of those guys in the first round of the draft that people aren't very, very aware of, but um, surprises everywhere is my prediction. So I also wanted to ask you about this um, when it comes to the quarterbacks in the first round. So we obviously know Joe Burrow is likely to go to number one to Cincinnati. Um, So then we've also heard that Justin Herbert from Oregon um, could be going to the Chargers and then I've even heard that there's a possibility that a guy like Jordan Love, who I think teams, um, some teams have really fallen in love with, uh, could even go. So your prediction on quarterbacks and how many you think will go in the first round? It's a great question. Um, I'm thinking for sure there will be at least three in the first round. Okay. You know, obviously the top guys we've been talking about. Now the question will be, you know, after Joe Burrow's gone, does Tua come off the board first or does Justin Herbert come off the board Oh, yeah, I forgot to first? mention Tua. Yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah. Because that, like, he'll be the one that people have the most questions on. And if you're willing to take a risk with the injury history and the whole deal, like, go ahead and take the risk. He had the the low wonder look as well. He did, yep. Now, my opinion on the wonder look, I think it is kind of a stupid test. You know, I, I scored fine on it. Uh, and, and that's partially because I'm, you know, just a, a good test taker. But if you're if you're a poor test taker, if you have any, let's say, if you're a slow reader, for example, it's just not a yeah. good test to take um, because it's about how many questions you can answer accurately under a time constraint. So if you read slow, the time constraint is going to hurt you. Um, yeah. If you're a bad test taker to begin with, trying to answer questions accurately um, under the pressure of time is just not going to help. You know, some people put more stress on it for quarterbacks. I really don't give a damn. Like, can you go out there? Can you read a coverage? Reading the coverage to me has nothing to do with, you know, how many fish can Johnny whatever, whatever. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, I agree. But, but in saying all that, Tua has a lot of questions. Like, if you're a team that's very traditional, injury history, low wonder look, do you pick the guy? But three to me, I don't know where love falls in just because I don't know what quarterback potentially quarterback needy team would select him in the first round. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that, you know, I see him going in the second round, but I also see him um, being a guy that I think one team's really going to be like, okay, we really like this guy. 
I think this is what you see sometimes in the draft too, is um, guys just kind of fall in love with certain players and sometimes they're going to take them a little bit higher than somebody else. So it'll, it will be interesting. Now, one thing I do know for sure in this first round, Joshua, I mean, it is crazy because we are likely going to see some of the big hitters and, you know, just consistently with these teams, a college level producing these athletes. I mean, we're seeing first rounders, LSU, Ohio state, Alabama. I mean, these are the big hitters. These are the guys that have um, a handful of, you know, prospects that could go in the first round. I mean, even with Ohio state alone, I think they're predicted with Chase Young and Jeffrey Akuda to be the second and third pick back to back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're right. LSU is going to have a big first round and, and it's funny. Like people will say, Oh, stars don't matter. And all this, that, and the third. And it's like, okay, LSU recruits. Well, they win a national yeah. title. They'll have five guys drafted in the first round. Like uh, yeah, all that matters. Alabama's the same thing. I mean, they, they'll have four or five guys come off the board. Georgia's going to have guys, Oklahoma. It's the same. I mean, all of the teams that you see at the end of the year that are balling out, you know, competing, they're in contention are the ones that have, guys going in the first round and it's I mean it's all reflective it's a historical thing too I know you've got that data there but um you know these are blue blood teams they're teams that people know and recognize are teams that have success and then their guys go on to the NFL and make a lot of money and have some more success you know I was just looking at this mock draft this is interesting speaking of Jordan Love this is the first time I've seen him go in the first round guess who's picking him in this mock draft I just did who would that be New England interesting right I mean, it's so funny, though, because New England, you know, they don't have Tom Brady anymore, and I don't think that they're really 100% stole on Jared Stidham, but they recently had drafted Stidham. So it's like, do you just keep drafting quarterbacks and hoping that they're going to be the guy? Like, I don't yes. understand, like, what no. the process would be there. I'll, by I'll, doing I'll, that, you know? I'll tell you, with quarterbacks, that's exactly what you do. Um, teams teams get that more seriously. They'll draft a quarterback in the first or second round, and uh, Paxton Lynch, for example – and yeah. throw him away a year yep. or two later. The Cardinals yep. did it. You know, I mean, like they're as expendable as anybody now, especially the ones on rookie contracts. So to answer your question, yes, that's exactly what they're going to do. It's so crazy to me, though, because it's like, you know, you talk about the quarterback being one of the, you know, most important positions on your team, um, but there's so much trial and error with them. And, you know, we're, we always see those ones that, eventually have good careers and it's like oh they really hit on that you know they really hit with Tom Brady you know he was like such a late round pick but yet he ends up being the best quarterback of all time but that's like so rare you know I mean most of the time it is kind of trial and error and there's so many throwaways when you really look at the history even just so recently in the past 20 years the amount of quarterbacks that have not worked out that been first round selections is insane you know what? The reality of the situation is if I am a quarterback, I'm honestly just hoping to get in there and, and be able to stay in rotation as a backup True. guy because I'll play for 12 years. I'll make yeah. you know, three million bucks a year. Might might even be able to sign a one year deal for five million dollars at some point. And, you know, I'll walk away looking back at my NFL career. Maybe didn't play a ton of snaps, but I got 36 million in career earnings. Like who is going to be pissed about that? Yeah, I mean, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Look at what he's done. 
and and saying that he's probably the most one of the most successful backups in the NFL. I mean, he has had his opportunities to be a starter and had some success in in those positions, but he's made a living off of that. And um, it it goes to show that you can do that. I mean, if you're fine with putting your ego to to, to the side and knowing that you might not be a starter, then it's fine, right? <laughs> let me let me pull up some of the backup guys. Yeah, that, will you? I'm interested. That in I that. played with and um, what their stupid contracts were like, because <laughs> these guys were getting paid crazy money. Let me find my guy Scott Tolzien. He was with <laughs> the uh, Colts when I was there, and Andrew Luck got hurt, so Tolzien had to yeah. step in and play ball. One of the games that he started in. He threw like two pick sixes or something like that. I mean, just not very good. Pulling up his career earnings right now. So give me a little moment while my internet figures out what it's doing. Okay, so here we go. Um, came into the league as a rookie in 2011. By 2017, he was making 1.7 million bucks a year. So he went off of his rookie salary 375 one year made 465 next year he made 600 and some change a year after that made a million bucks a million two a million seven he was he was so bad it's not even funny um <laughs> kellen moore oh yeah um it was a similar deal didn't play yeah. with him but like he was a backup guy now he's coaching same with scott tolzine actually um scott is coaching for I think the Cowboys now. Yeah. But anyway, these cats, they just hang around and, and they get paid. It's crazy. I know. I mean, you, I, I love kind of like going off on tangents like this, though, because it really opens our eyes to like how much money is in this and you don't even have to be a starter. I mean, you can live comfortably with a with being a backup, which a lot of these guys, of course, have done. Well, somebody who's not going to be a backup, Joshua, he, he's likely to be that first round pick is the Ohio guy from Athens, Ohio, Joe Burrow. Obviously, um, just did wonderful things for LSU this past season. We both know him just from his time at Ohio State. Um, And now he is likely to um, help the Bengals maybe rebuild. So here's the thing that I thought was cool. So Peyton Manning, I mean, Peyton Manning, when he played, let's be honest. I mean, you didn't know this guy, really. You really didn't know who Peyton Manning was. You knew who Peyton Manning was on the field. Um, you knew he was a competitor. You knew he, he, he went home and watched a lot of film and probably was a perfectionist. And that's why he was so good at, you know, being a quarterback and being successful. But we've started to really get to see Peyton Manning out of that shell the past few years. He's done a lot with ESPN and he's done a lot with, you know, just commercials, like showing the fun side of him. And he's, he's kind of shown his personality more and more the longer he's been retired. So Peyton Manning recently um, gave Joe Burrow some advice. So supposedly Joe Burrow had attended Manning's Passing Academy last summer. And so he clearly had his number. So, it, it, I mean, how nice is that? You just call up Peyton Manning. Hey, man, uh, can you give me some advice? <laughs> I mean, how cool, how cool is that? Yeah. Um, but, you know, clearly Manning was the number one pick um, back in 1998 by the Indianapolis Colts. And the whole premise of this is the Colts, you know, were the number one pick for a reason. The Bengals, number one pick for a reason, because they're crappy, craptastic, okay? And they are trying to build something there. So he pretty much was just saying to Joe, look, 
your rookie year is going to be difficult. You're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. And more so than not, you're going to lose a lot of games. I mean, I know Peyton lost more games in that first year um, than he did in high school. So he pretty much just said, this is what you got to do. You got to study. You got your put your nose in the playbook. You've got to know how fast these defensive backs are. Um, know how quickly you got to get rid of the ball. Understand these defenses. That's how you're going to become a better player down the line. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, just Manning giving this this kid advice and just a very similar situation. Yeah, it's. Um, I think that's always one of the unique things about the NFL is, um, you know, who you have access to when you're one of the future elite guys, you know, you're able to call on Peyton Manning and ask for advice, which is awesome. Um, But I I think the advice is something that Joe's going to need to hear because, you know, Joe came from Ohio state, even though he wasn't playing, it's one of the most successful uh, programs in college football. And then he goes to LSU and has uh, success in 2018, although, you know, we're not looking at him as the number one guy, 2019 comes around and he just, you know, blows that out of the water and, and all of a sudden, you know, he's here. And it's like, okay, you're going to get to the NFL and you're going to have to take a step back on the yeah. success probably. And it's like you might play well, but you're, you know, like you said, teams pick first for a reason. It's going to be tough, um, but you can't let that hinder you from learning. And you see a lot of young players come into the NFL and they let whatever, you know, rookie struggles they have or whatever team struggles they have impair their ability to be a professional and continue to grow and learn. And once you do that, you're, you're basically killing your NFL career. Um, so I thought that was really salient advice. And um, kudos to Joe, too, for being mature enough to reach out to somebody who would be in a, who would have been in a similar situation and ask, hey, what's something I can do to help enhance myself as I come into this league, not knowing a ton about it? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was I thought it was really cool. And I mean, wh- if you want to call up somebody and learn what not to do, who also uh, was selected in the second overall, you can call up Ryan Leaf, and I'm sure yeah. that he'll he'll tell you what not to do um, in terms of that. But yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Um, it, it will be interesting, you know, if Burrow does go to Cincinnati to see what unfolds and how he deals with you know the ups and downs. I have I have faith in him, but you know. You just never know how things are going to play out. Well, before we go, I know that Joshua is always finding some sort of, you know, category on Twitter that he likes to, you know, kind of go off on. It's it's like his his tweet rants of the week. And I know I was looking on your timeline. You had a couple things that you were having some conversations with people around. So I wanted to just say, what's on the mind of Joshua? Yeah, so... I'll, I'll hit a couple of more serious things and then I'll end it off with something a little bit lighter. <laughs> so first, this was actually, these first two things are, are Facebook oriented, but okay. um, had, had a conversation uh, with a high school or middle school principal um, okay. last week and kind of continued some of that dialogue onto Facebook. Um, and, and one of the things basically we came down to is when, when this whole uh, COVID-19 lockdown started. A lot of people were very concerned about school children. Um, and then we learned that schools were still going to have to provide meals. Um, and then, you know, we learned that some of the um, utility companies were going to provide free or discounted internet and it kind of fizzled out. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about the well-being of these children right now um, for a couple yeah. of reasons. It's number one, 
the access to internet is is great, but if they're doing distance learning and they don't have an iPad or a laptop, or you know, there are three or four children that have to share one iPad or one laptop, how effective can that be? That setup is tough. And sure. you know, we're coming toward the end of what would have been the regular school year. A lot of these kids are going to be behind. And think about it from some of the, the children that are in the more formative years of their education where they're really learning um, some of the, you know, the intricacies of, of sentence structure. And, you know, they're really learning how, um, you know, words form, letters form together to make words in the English language, which is tough to learn already. You know, but let's let's not forget about these kids and continue to see if we can do things to try to help them in their education um, because it's really important. So that was first off. I want to start with the children. Second off, yeah. um, to the adults on Facebook, it takes a minimal amount of time and almost no effort or intelligence to uh, hit a Google search and vet what you're posting on your Facebook, vet the articles, vet the memes. I, I have seen, and this is a thing that has been just the last four years uh, where people are talking about fake news and um, you know, yeah. you can't trust media and you can't trust this. But I've seen so many unvetted sources on Facebook in the last week. It's making me sick. And a lot of people will read the headline of the article. They'll repost it. And then people in the comments won't even click on the article. And, yeah. and, and, and it's the same thing, even with vetted sources where people read the headline, they don't read the article um, and they make comments about it. I just, I think we need to get to a place where we can do two things is number one, we can read articles. We can look at who wrote it, who paid for it, what sources they used, the whole deal. That's really important. It's something that we all should learn by the end of high school. And I think we forgot about it. And the other thing we should all be able to do now and what we should start doing is get used to the phrase, I am not educated on this topic enough to have an opinion. Right, I am not exactly. educated on this topic enough to have an opinion because we don't have to have opinions about everything. We can, but we don't have to. And I just, I get really disappointed um, in, in seeing people who are, you know, otherwise great people. They work good jobs, you know, whatever the case is. I know their families. I know them personally um, post really troublesome articles that are dangerous because of the amount of misinformation being spread. So that was number two. Again, something serious, but guys, come on, we got to do better. Um, number three on a more light note. I am a huge fan of nineties R and B music. So am I, as am I. So we obviously, you know who Babyface is. Yes, um, yes. One of the, the great R and B singers. He's also uh, one of the best hit makers in the R and B industry. Um, worked with acts like uh, TLC, worked with Bobby Brown, worked with Tony Braxton, worked with uh, Mariah Carey, worked with, you know, anybody basically who was making hits back in the day. Well, I love Babyface, but Teddy Riley, who is the pioneer of New Jack Swing R&B, is in my mind the greatest producer ever. Uh, he worked with Wow. Again, Bobby Brown worked with uh, Michael Jackson, worked with Keith Sweat, worked, you know, he had Blackstreet was one of his groups as well as Guy. Oh, I love Blackstreet, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, anyway, I think besides Quincy Jones, he's the greatest person to ever produce an R&B hit, period. So these guys, 
decided they were going to do a joint Instagram live and kind of battle. You know, they were going to go hit for hit. And I was looking forward to it. It was at nine o'clock on Saturday. I was over at my parents' house with my dad. Um, my Obviously, my parents were the ones that really put me on to some of the older um, R&B tracks when I was a youngster. Um, you know, kind of started with Earth, Wind & Fire and Gap Band, and I progressed into the 90s, and that's where I've stayed. But anyway, we were, we were going to listen to it together. So Babyface pulls up. He's got a velvet suit jacket on, a glass of champagne. He's sitting in his studio, and he's just playing the hits, like, over the studio monitors, um, you know, whatever. Teddy Riley, um, God love him, has a whole crew with him. He has a hype man. He has his piano set up. He's got a drummer in the background, and he's Holy playing crap. his hits live. He's doing oh, it wow. live band. Well, the issue comes uh, where he must have had some something with the microphone or the studio monitors or whatever it is. All the songs had feedback, every one of them. So it was like an echo the whole time. And, um, you know, they kept start stopping and starting over. And, and, you know, Teddy Riley's like, Babyface, you need to turn your microphone down. Everybody's looking at Teddy like, bro, Teddy, this is on you. This ain't Babyface's problem. Um, and all of that to say that I woke up the next morning and Black Twitter had a field day. Um, the memes <laughs> were on point. They killed were me. they really? Oh, yeah. So if anybody has any time and wants to see some funny memes, if you're a fan of, of 90s R&B, if you're just a meme fan in general, you'll, you'll pick up the essence of it. Go ahead and type in Teddy Riley's name into your Twitter search bar or Teddy versus Babyface. It is... I, me and my dad sat there for the greater part of an hour laughing to the point where our stomachs hurt and we had tears coming from our eyes at some of the memes that were produced. Um, it was fantastic. So that was my Twitter deal. Black Twitter is undefeated when it comes to the memes. Well, and I saw that. I, I was looking on your um, Twitter feed right before we got on here, and I did see that. And I was like, I wonder, clearly I know both um, producers, just in terms because I love 90s R&B too, but um, I was trying to figure out like what this was like, what this was about. Yeah, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. So now I'll have to go and look at the memes um, and check it out. So I love it. See, ending with something good—that's that's what we wanted. Um, a little laugh, you know, can't go wrong with that. Okay, well that does it for this episode of Press Pass. Of course, you can follow us and subscribe. You just go to iTunes, um, type in Press Pass, hit that subscribe button, give us a rate and review. We always have new stuff to talk about. It doesn't matter that, you know, there's not anything crazy going on. We, we don't even know what's going on with the college football season, but we still, we're, we're here to entertain you people. We are here during this um, self-isolation period. So go check us out. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kayla Anderson TV and Joshua, where you can find all that great stuff and just randomly tweet him and he'll tweet you back. Where do they go? You got to go to at RIP underscore JEP Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, I mean, if you tweet me, I'm definitely tweeting back. Uh, I don't have a lot of other stuff to do. And even if I did, I would probably still tweet you back. So go ahead and holler at your boy. There you go. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you, Hopefully you're all hanging in there. And um, sooner than later, hopefully this is all over and we can um, start talking some real sports again. But for now, we're here for you. We'll have you guys here next weekend, uh, next week, I should say, and you guys take care.